Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings. If you go back and look at LeBron, who I really admire and respect, he said this. I did not say this. He says, I had to win a championship without Dwayne to get old heads respect. Kobe Bryant said this too. He says, I have to win a championship without Shaq to get these old heads off my back. I I hold Kevin Durant to the same criteria. I don't care what the media says. I don't care what the fan says. I'm talking about old guys like myself who went through the trenches. Kevin Durant gonna have to, before, hey, hey he's all-time great, but when it comes to being mentioned with some of these other guys, he gonna have to win a championship where he's the leader of the team and he's the best player. Uh, another controversy that gets popped up in basketball more than any other sport. The whole subject of being the bus driver, Bick. Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant is facing this now. I, you know, He's won two championships in his career, both with Golden State. Won the uh, finals MVP in both of those series, but now he's on to Phoenix. Some people are saying, oh, it's just another super team move. That was Charles Barkley on first take yesterday. Um, the part about um, Charles commenting on Kobe Bryant and um, LeBron talking about you know getting the old heads respect mm-hmm. was pointed out on a tweet by Clutch Points. Kevin Durant responded to that say, I don't remember Bron saying this. Somebody linked me to the article. I mean, we could debate on whether or not those quotes ever happened. But I think generally speaking... Or whether Charles was just kind of paraphrasing. I don't think he was necessarily referring to a specific article. Let me ask you this. Do you think players and what we've seen today from the empowered NBA player, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant certainly was one during his career. Kevin Durant is an empowered NBA player. Do you think they give one iota of a care what the old heads think about what they're doing? I don't. Uh, I, I do. I, I think it's individual. I don't think everybody feels a certain way. I, I think it just it really matters how tuned in you are and how aware you are of, of certain things. I, I Clearly, Kevin Durant's very aware of everything. He's very integrated when it comes to media and social media and the national conversation. He's very yes. much aware of that. Enough so that he could clap back at Charles Barkley in a way as acutely as he did, saying, Show me where where LeBron actually said this. I, I want to see this. Show me where he said that. And and to date, I don't think anybody has responded or 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 sent KD a link to that. But again, I'm not quite certain that's what Charles was getting at. Charles was getting at the perception that that there used to be a way that you had to climb a mountain in the NBA, and it was the way that everybody did it. And you were a superstar, and you joined a team, and you paid your dues, and you got beat around a little bit, and you didn't give it up, and 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 you put guys on your back and and you kept going and one day you got to the top and that was sort of the path a lot of guys uh, had to take and so Kevin Durant I mean we knew this was a deal he knew this was a deal um, from the minute he requested a trade last summer mm-hmm. that that this is the this is the consequence of it because it looks like you're running away from another problem and yet this wasn't necessarily his doing this time this was a result of Kyrie Irving asking out and sort of the residue of that was Katie going, yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, probably this is the time to do this. And and so here we are. Uh, again, I think that's why I think this is going to play out this way 
because it's KD and because KD, I don't, I don't know him winning a, a title in Phoenix. Does it help it? Does it hurt it? it, it what is Charles saying? What, what what do the old heads require of Kevin Durant that he can give them now? I don't Does he know, have to but, go to a bottom feeder? Uh, Had he gone to the New York Knicks, that might have been a good move for him in retrospect. Instead of getting to Brooklyn first? Yeah. Yes, but I mean, it's impossible to say what the Knicks would have looked like because Mm -hmm. other players would have flocked there to play with Kevin Durant, so it might have had a different result. But Charles is basically saying he's got to win one as the leader of a team that is not in a Golden State uniform to cement his legacy, Mm -hmm. which, again, a lot of people have said, but then flip it back on Charles Barkley, who never won a championship as the leader for for any organization. And I I, I have a problem with people attacking Charles Barkley's legacy as an all-time great because he didn't win a championship. And then there's the other side. It's a three-sided coin. Turn it over again, and you have the Damian Lillard argument. Damian Lillard gets credit from a lot of people, and I actually appreciate it, too, that he's stuck in Portland. He's making mm-hmm. oodles of money for a sub-500 team and putting up ridiculous numbers. If Damian Lillard plays his whole career in Portland, Oregon, he's never winning a championship. Does that diminish his greatness on a basketball court? Unfairly, in a lot of people's eyes, it does. Which, again, the ring counting and the ring chasing has taken over the sport, and I think it's diminished a lot of players' careers. Don't you think, though, it kind of also matters how much they like you as a player? Because if you're Larry Fitzgerald or Damian Lillard, I, they will I, say, you know, oh, he was trapped in a bad franchise that didn't help him out, but he did everything he could to, to win a championship. I, I don't know. If, I don't, I listen, I don't know if anything's really fundamentally changed with the way people, because the way basketball players look at each other, it is very much, it's the most alpha of sports. It's all about who is the guy, not who is the best. It's who is the guy. That is the, that is the story of basketball, and it's eternal. Who is the guy? And so it's kind of manifested itself now in, in who's got the rings and who doesn't. I mean, it's listen, I, 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 I think I think there's elements of truth in all of that. I don't think I don't think you have to have a ring to be considered a great player. But but I also do think it I, I do think it matters, and I do think what old old heads, if you will, it does matter in the NBA. What, what other sport has these conversations so frequently? Only None. a quarterback in NFL. That's it. That's but not, the only but thing not that other players. Close. No, you're exactly right. Uh, more from Charles Barkley on first take yesterday on ESPN on the uh, subject of the super teams, and Kevin Durant certainly formed one when he joined the Golden State Warriors, and. Certainly was uh, you know one of the architects of trying to put one together in Brooklyn. Here's Barkley on that. I would never join a super team ever because I know it won't mean as much. Even if I had a won a championship in Houston, it wouldn't have been the same feeling. Like the one that Dirk Nowitzki got. It's worth two or three, in my opinion, because he never left Dallas. He said, hey, man, I'm going to do my best I can. Hopefully, they'll get me some help. But I'm glad uh, I would never surrender myself to try to play for a super team because to me, it's like cheating. I said that before. I'm not just saying that now. Right. Uh, I think it's like cheating. Uh, but, hey, listen, these guys give in to peer pressure a lot more than guys in my generation. All right, your thoughts on that? Yeah, again, I think I think what Charles Barkley is saying it is 
absolutely accurate for a previous generation of basketball players. I think starting with LeBron now, mm-hmm. the, it's not the way that generation views it. The, it's, it's I'm going to be happy. I'm going to find my happiness. I'm going to play basketball with whom I want to play basketball with, and I'm going to do me, and I'm going to chill. And it's easy. What about See, now I just combined Kyler Murray and Kevin Durant's social media slogans all in one. I, I mean, do me. I'm chill. It's chill. I'm easy. No, it, it's easy. I'm me. I I'm do me, me. I chill. That's it. I, I've seen that I, description, I'm easy, on other people. Okay, now wait a minute. <laughs> I don't follow any of them. Sure. They just show up in your they, notifications. They, do, they, yeah, they follow one, me. Yes. Is that a butt? They have, Is that a butt? Is they have that one, the only one picture? photo. Yeah. <laughs> they have one follower and one photo. What? Uh, but... What does that say? In our area. People could listen to that soundbite from Charles Barkley and say, Charles, you did join a super team. The, the, phrase, he said he the phrase didn't exist. And you know me. I'm an enormous Charles Barkley fan, but it's very convenient for him to say, if I would have won a championship in Houston, it wouldn't have felt as, as, as what was, good. Okay, the, the, uh, the team that he joined in Houston had an aging Clyde Drexler, and who else? An aging Hakeem Olajuwon. And it was the and team that won two And they weren't far off from winning two championships. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I. I, I it was ca- more like a last gasp at a super team trying. Sort of like the Carl Malone, Steve Nash thing in L.A. Dwight Howard. That was Carl sort of Malone, the last gasp thing. Yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah, Steve Nash, Dwight Howard, yeah. that that combo with Pau Gasol. Listen, yeah. I, I think I think there's two things here that might separate this. Number one, I, I think this is going to feel more like a, a a duo than a super team, given the current state of Chris Paul and his role in this. So I think it's going to be the Devin and Kevin show. And after what we saw Sunday in Milwaukee, I think there might be a this is exactly what Phoenix needed. That that Kevin Durant has nothing to apologize for because this team was winning nothing without him. Yeah, we had the discussion earlier, and we got a tweet. Wouldn't it have felt better if the Suns won a championship with homegrown guys? And I said, yes, absolutely, it would feel better. Was it possible? The Suns got to the point where they didn't think it was possible, so they made this trade. And again, that's the symbolism of Drew Holiday stripping Devin Booker again. That's the symbolism of it all. So maybe this is exactly what this team needs, and maybe maybe KD is going to get credit for that. Yes. And it's not just a one-year experiment. It's not just a 20-game and a postseason experiment root, either. The problem with Kevin Durant was that he joined a team that didn't need him to win a championship. Yes. That was the issue. Yes. And that's what people will eternally right. have a problem with. The Suns might need everything he brings. Absolutely. Text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620. Right now, coming up next, the clock's still ticking on the Pac-12 when it comes to a television rights deal. And man, some of the rumors out there are wild. We'll get into the latest news on it next. It's Pickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Pickley and Murata Mornings. Well, we're managing it by uh, being patient and and, and letting uh, the process with our new commissioner essentially take its course. Uh, And it's been challenging and it's been frustrating. Uh, I don't think anybody can uh, uh, deny that. Uh, And so we've had to be patient because, very frankly, we're not in control. We certainly believe in the value of this market and certainly the value that ASU as an institution brings to uh, the Pac-12 conference and, and certainly to 
the overall uh, conference scene. Uh, but we've just been forced, like everyone else, unfortunately, to let this thing play out because we're not directly uh, in the driver's seat. I was athletic director Ray Anderson of Arizona State as part of Newsmakers Week here on Bickley Murata Mornings last week, talking about ASU's future in the Pac-12. And yes, it's it's a question. Mm-hmm. That's a question for ASU. It's a question for Arizona. It's a question for Oregon, Washington, the other ten or the you know, the ten remaining schools in the uh, in the Pac-12 after the exits of of UCLA, yeah. then USC. And we're waiting on something, Bick, from George Klyovkov, the still new commissioner of the Pac-12, to deliver on the media rights front. And it's by the day becoming mm-hmm. seemingly more and more desperate for the Pac-12 to find a home. Um, after the Big 12 beat them to market and got the big deal from 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 Fox, that's going to pay yeah. them thirty one point yes. six million dollars per yes. year per school. The Pac-12 is like searching for crumbs right now. Beat them to market. That's a good old Western saying, Vinny. That is. I'm thinking about cattle being wrangled, crossing the dusty plains. This, this little, little piggy, piggy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> beating your rival to market, getting higher price. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, you're you're right about this. Here's what I think. I, I I you see where this whole thing is going, and it feels like the Pac-12 could topple any minute now because there are continued to be reports that the Big Ten is going to reach out and take two, if not four, more teams. All of them, uh, not all of them, but none of them from the state of Arizona. Yeah, Washington, Oregon, Boom, Cal, and Stanford. And Cal and Stanford. And so their logic is, look, we have just we've made the cool of a lifetime plucking USC and UCLA out of the Pac-12. And as you pointed out, that will be the day that goes down as the day that killed the conference. Mm -hmm. Those two schools are going to be responsible for the death of this conference. You are absolutely right about that. So so it's a shame that ASU and this market isn't such that the Big Ten would say we have to get them to. That in in their need to create a um, uh, a bunch of stable mates for USC and UCLA, so they can protect their investment. They've got these two schools parked on the West Coast. They can't have them flying east and vi- vice versa all the time for all their sports. Mm-hmm. So you need to get you need to get a division going out here. It's a shame that ASU is not part of that. And so, what is ASU a part of? Where is their future? This unified conference that I, I think publicly everybody's saying, oh, yeah, we're unified, but they're, they they got to be searching for options. I don't blame anybody for searching for options right now. Where is your faith level in the leadership of the conference? They've got a deadline in April to come up with some media rights deal. You know, it's a couple months off, but it's going to be here before you know it. And the rumors that came out that were stricken down pretty quick last week of Ion Television. Mm-hmm. Being an option, that was on the heels of Apple TV Plus maybe being a streaming option. It It's looking very bleak right now. Very bleak. <laughs> unless, unless you're going to hitch your wagon or a portion of these schools are going to hitch their wagon to the Big 12. There's also rumors out there, and I don't know how um, valid these rumors are, how much smoke is behind them. Uh-huh. The one conference that's not being talked about at all. Everybody's talking about the SEC. Of course, the Big Ten got their huge deal. The the Big 12 got their huge deal. And they seem to be at war with the Pac-12 right now. The conference commissioner's not getting along. There could be something between a Pac-12 ACC partnership slash merger, mm-hmm. which would be a bi-coastal thing. Geographically, it sucks. There's no other way around it. 
but that would be one way to make yourself really attractive to television networks, especially in basketball. But I don't, I don't know how much smoke is behind that. I don't know. If, is there any? I, I, I was talked a, about a, a little while ago yeah. that it would sort of be like they would they would not merge where it would be one big conference, but they would play a few non-conference games and then have like a championship game against each other. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it'd basically be the West region and the East. Yeah, you would stay in so, the West, play your teams right, in the West, right. and then meet for a championship. Well, let's yeah. face it, the Big Ten is bi-coastal now. They have a team in Rutgers and Maryland, and now yeah. teams in UCLA and Which, USC. Again, it stinks, I, and and maybe that's just tradition and history telling. Telling us that conferences need to be geographical, but I've always felt yeah. that way. What uh, what a fifty years from now when they look back on the Larry Scott, Michael Crow, where all this thing went, the consequences of this. <laughs> Remember when uh, Klyovkov first when Larry, uh, not Larry Crow, uh, wait, who was the old uh, Pac-12 commissioner? Larry Scott. Larry Scott, not Larry Crow. That's not even a person. <laughs> when Larry Scott, when we had him on the show, and then also Klyovkov, when we had him, they just said, oh, the media rights deal. That's our big chip. Yeah. We're going to be in so much control because we own the network. We're not a slave to to you know ESPN or Fox or something. F- it was a big swing for the fences, And it's man. just the opposite, where yeah. it, it's not a, a benefit at all. You're right. Those uh, uh, television things were quickly shot down. Ion Television said, no, no, please don't associate with the Pac-12. We have no interest. Please. I don't want to be associated well, with them. it's just no. e- even where they're looking now as potential suitors, they're not going to get anywhere near what their competitors are going to be getting. Yeah, the end. Uh, listen, I don't. I've got the solution. Oh. Do you? It's, a, hmm. it's an established cable network. That's in millions and millions of homes. All right. And it has the inventory available. MTV. All they would have to do is shuffle around 77 Reality straight shows? days of ridiculousness. Mm, and they no could put back to Sorry. <laughs> That's no off the table. Yeah. <laughs> I need 18 hours of ridiculousness yeah. right. every day. Well, you get it every day. Do. QVC? Is QVC an option? But, but again, if What's you're, if you're MTV, why, okay, you know what your demographic is? You're going to sell them Pac-12 football? <laughs> I was, I mean, totally tongue-in-cheek. Well, it's a shambles of a network. I mean, there's, there's a shambles it's, of a conference. It's, it's, well, maybe that's the marriage they need then. <laughs> Commissioner Rob Deerdick. Yeah. <laughs> the CW is breaking into sports. Come on, we need Kenny Dillingham to come oh. on the radio, get us fired up again. That, that's right. Uh the CW, a companion piece to live golf. <laughs> I was trying. They could nearly double that zero point two. What do you? T- okay, <laughs> a companion piece, right? We're home to live golf in the Pac-12, baby. They could provide uh, programming all through the night because they have the the tournaments in Saudi Arabia and then the late night Pac-12 yeah, okay. games. Okay. I'm only saying this halfway, tongue in cheek. With all the money. The Saudi Arabian Entertainment Fund is throwing around. Yeah, yeah. you want to buy a football conference? Should George Klyovkov float a call over there? That would never fly with the Pac-12 universities. I mean, it's all about money, never. isn't it? She's right about that. US, that was, absolutely not. USC that. would no. claw their way back into the conference. <laughs> yeah. Did you say a, money? You're getting a billion dollars right. per school per year? We're back. You only have to play six games a year? <laughs> Really? Wow. They don't even keep score? They don't even keep score? (laughs) Wow. There was rumors a a few months ago that 
the Saudi Arabia, whatever, was going to buy WWE. Mm -hmm. And it was a big conversation because as a publicly traded company, it would make a lot of money for the stockholders, but there would be the whole the moral thing, and, and it would be the same debate as you were just saying. Like The Pac-12 schools, if it made them a ton of money, how could they talk themselves into it? It's purely hypothetical. Obviously, never would happen. I mean, but. How many golfers talk themselves into it? Quite a few. Money but talks. It's, There's it's a reason a why money talks is a phrase. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. a conference that yeah. fancies itself Talking real loud in the PGA Tour, I'll tell you that. You are looking live at the Arizona State Sun Devils in the Riyadh Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> it's hot here. <laughs> Coming up next, the uh, big stories of the day. Repackage the Rush Hour reboot with Sarah Cazell is next. It's Pickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Setting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams. A very happy Tuesday to all of you tuning in to Bickley Amarada Mornings. Hi, hello, welcome. This is the Rush Hour Reboot. We get you caught up on everything you need to know at this time every single day. I'm Sarah Cazell with Dan Bickley. Hey. With Vince Morata. <laughs> what was that? It's from my favorite episode of SpongeBob. Oh, oh, I did not get to watch nearly enough SpongeBob. Yes. I don't know a lot of episodes, but I've seen that one several times, and I <laughs> laugh my butt off every time I see okay. it. Okay. And uh, Jarrett Carlin. You got to have the guys who can make the pew. <laughs> <laughs> that's you, Jarrett. <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right. Let's start off with the Phoenix Suns. Dwayne Rankin of AZ Central is reporting that uh, Kevin Durant is indeed expected to make his Suns debut tomorrow night at Charlotte. It's been a lot of speculation. It's been a lot of waiting and watching. But Dwayne Rankin says that is the expectation that he will play tomorrow night. Now, you guys played this earlier in the show. But for those who missed it, uh, Charles Barkley was on ESPN first take. He was talking about Kevin Durant's legacy as one of the all-time greats in the NBA, but he said KD needs to be the leader of a team and win a championship that way, rather than kind of glomming onto a team and that was already of a championship caliber like he did with Golden State. It's kind of long, but it's worth it. It's Charles Barkley. If you go back and look at LeBron, who I really admire and respect, he said this. I did not say this. He says, I had to win a championship without Dwayne to get old heads respect. Kobe Bryant said this too. He says, I have to win a championship without Shaq to get these old heads off my back. I, I hold Kevin Durant to the same criteria. Mm. I don't care what the media says. I don't care what the fan says. I'm talking about old guys like myself who went through the trenches. Kevin Durant going to have to before. Like, hey, he's all time great. But when it comes to being mentioned with some of these other guys, he's going to have to win a championship where he's the leader of the team and he's the best player. Okay, so earlier in the show, you guys were talking about Kevin Durant's impact here and how a potential championship mm -hmm. with the Suns would be perceived mm -hmm. not only for his legacy, but by the Suns fan base. So, Vince, I'm going to start with you since you're a lifelong Suns fan. 
how would a championship with Kevin Durant would it would it mean as much to you as a fully homegrown championship would for the Phoenix Suns? How do you differentiate the two? Yeah, I mean, we're 55 years into this basketball experiment in the desert, and there's been no championships. I can't speak for every Suns fan. I can speak for myself when I say I don't care how it gets here. Truly? I've had, and this year has been... Kind of a roller coaster on that line of thinking. There was time. I mean, I said earlier in the year when the Suns hit their stride early, even with Cam Johnson out, I was like, you know what? We're done with the Kevin Durant talk. Well, now he's back, and I wasn't convinced. And I think the Phoenix Suns themselves got to the point where they looked at what they had and they said, we can't win a championship with this group yep. at this time. So they pulled the trigger. I don't care. I as, I, I want to wear the T-shirt. I want to see the the trophy, and I don't care how it gets here. Have you always felt that way? No, it's it's been a, a, a total, like I said, roller coaster. Yeah. I've had different feelings at different times of the season. Where do you sit with that, Beck? Yeah, I think this is going to be. I think I think this is yet to be determined. I do think this is a very um, a very slippery slope because there's a brand new owner and there's a brand new star in town, and there's only 20 games left. And how it looks and how it comes together and how it feels is going to matter because it, it, it is going to be different. If if they find a way to, to eke their way to a championship and if there's not enough Devin Booker as part of this, I, I don't know. I don't know how it's ultimately going to feel. I, I, I think in the moment people won't have issues with it, but I think over the course of time there might be some some weird lamenting about how it felt. Yeah, I think I think I think everything is up in the air. But how, this is an incredible sociological experiment. Incredible. Uh, Giving up two of the most lovable, homegrown guys you could ever find in any market, anywhere, any place, anytime. Whom we're now watching thrive mm-hmm. on their new team, mm-hmm. by the way. All right, let's stick with the NBA. LeBron James is going to be out several weeks, potentially the entire season, with a right foot injury. That's according to ESPN's Dave McMenamin. Uh, the Lakers were pretty clearly already out of playoff contention, but uh, let's look at the rest of the West. Western Conference now. Um, the Nuggets and the Clippers are high again, Charles Barkley. His top two teams in the West, he says the Suns, sit right behind them in third. I'm going with the Nuggets and I'm going with the Clippers. To me, Dale, those are the two teams to beat. And then I think Phoenix is the third best team. That, that's just my opinion now. Denver, we have zero respect for the Nuggets. The, jo- the job, let's honor what this guy, jo- the Joker, is doing, Stephen A. Man, this what this Joker's doing is incredible. I mean, it's just flat out incredible. And I'm going to tell you something. The Clippers are going to be a tough out for anybody. Sounds like he's making fun of him. Look at this Joker. <laughs> yeah, this wow. Joker. Let's love this Joker. What a Joker. What a joke. All right. The Suns have 20 games left in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Wow. 20 games left in the regular season. At this point. Is it clear to you who the true contenders in the West are? Oh, wow. It's been such, like you said earlier, a little roller coaster, kind of like a... 
A, a, uh, a revolving listen, door. That's what I was looking for. D- Denver deserves to be considered the number one team right now. They've got a they've got a lead. They've got a hold on the Western Conference, almost like the Suns did last year. And we all know what that got the Suns. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm just I'm not that fearful of the Denver Nuggets. I never have been. And I and maybe I'm stupid like this, but I, I don't know how much I. I they're a, a certainly an impediment, but it's I I don't look at them the way I would have looked at the Warriors last year, for instance. Vic, are you saying Suns and four? No, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I'm trying to get to who really does frighten me. Uh, the Kyrie Luca thing in Dallas, I don't know. Charles, one of the other things he said is it doesn't. he's not banking on that working. I don't know what's going to happen in the West. I, I really don't. I think Charles has identified the three teams that are the true contenders in the West, and one of those teams is the Suns that we, we haven't seen a sample of any size yet to, to really base anything on, but you're adding Kevin Durant to a team that was playing pretty well. I think the Clippers messed up. I really do. I, I think they messed up by adding Russell Westbrook. <laughs> They're 0-2 since then. They've lost overtime games. They've given up a ton of points. Um, I, we saw the last time that they played the Suns when they have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. That's a really tough mm-hmm. matchup for the Suns. I still think they're there, but I think Westbrook no, lessens their I'm not chances. Argue with that. He's uh, not a winning player. And Denver yeah. is Denver is kind of in prove it mode. I agree with a lot of what Bick said. Jokic is amazing. Jamal Murray's getting better and better and healthier and healthier. But when it comes to the playoffs, they've never I, done it. I still they've think never done it. They're in prove it mode. Yeah. yeah. And, and that whole thing about you have to get real heartbreak in the NBA to get over the top. Denver does, Denver doesn't have that. Yep. Sacramento's a nice story. They're not it. Memphis has got a ton of talent. If they could, if they can circle back and they're, tap into what they had earlier, they're I, done. <laughs> the, the Westbrook they, thing is the Arrested Development meme, where this has never worked for anyone. Yeah, but maybe it'll work for us. Right? Maybe. Yeah. Right. I don't think so. All right, let's go to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Adrian Wilson, a beloved member of the organization for like 20 years, is leaving the Cardinals. He's going to the Carolina Panthers to be their VP of player personnel. He worked his way up from uh, starting out as a regional scout in 2015 to most recently the Cardinals co-interim GM uh, when Steve Kime stepped away from the organization. And, of course, that came after his 12-year playing career with the Cardinals and a couple other seasons elsewhere, a five-time Pro Bowl safety and a member of the Cardinals Ring of Honor. Uh, what is your guys' favorite Adrian Wilson memory? All right. Vinny has uh, seated the stage for me here, yes. so I'll tell this story. So the morning after one of the most painful losses in Arizona Cardinal history was the Monday night meltdown against the Devin Hester Chicago Bears, the Dennis Green press conference, all that. Uh, Mike Jarecki and I had Adrian Wilson on very Ooh. early the next morning. Ooh. And Adrian Wilson was very distraught and very angry and still in post-game mode and started dropping one F-bomb after another, after another, after another. And we looked up, um, horrified, to our producer, and there was a, an empty chair. Not not like the metaphorical empty chair I'm looking at now. There was... I'm sorry, Jared. I was just right there on the oh, tee. Just I was just right there on the tee. There was an empty studio right there, and we both freaked out. All right, I ran out in the hallway looking for him. Dude just meanders out of the bathroom, tightening his belt buckle. All right, so... You're sure it wasn't Jared? I, <laughs> I mean, that sounds exactly... So, so my classic joke is our, our 
our, our dude was manning the wrong dump button that day. <laughs> and we got, was dropping and we got and, and we got suspended for a week for f bombs dropped by Adrian. Really? Wilson. Yeah, kidding? yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know oh, that. Yeah, it'd be a radio station and cover their own backside mode. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, we don't don't want to send you to the gas chamber. It, we felt like we owed it to you. <laughs> Adrian Wilson dropping f bombs. Your producer was dropping another kind of bombs, and that was, was at a that was pill. not at this fine radio station. By the way, to be clear, yeah. that was at a different property. Okay. Ever since then, the producer I pooped my diaper. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that great? Hey, do we have time to talk golf, or do we need to break? We got to break. Okay. Well, we Darn. were going to talk golf, Dan Bickley. I'm sorry. Tomorrow. Tomorrow, or later. Of the essence. Uh, thank you, Sarah. That's Thanks. the uh, Sarah. reboot every morning at 7.30. You want to squeeze this in, too. It's time for Character Counts. Presented by Parker and Sons Cooling, Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical, the Super Bowl brought lots of attention and excitement to the Valley, and Kurt Warner took advantage to raise $750,000 for his Treasure House Phoenix Foundation, a group that focuses on helping y- uh, young adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities. The Warner family decided to throw a smoke-and-string Super Bowl pre-party at their home for the foundation, which included an exclusive concert with performances by Blake Shelton, Gwen Stefani, Kane Brown, and NFL player-turned-magician John Dornbos. The event was a huge success with proceeds from over 300 guests going to Treasure House's Growing Home Campaign, an initiative launched in 2021 to sustain and grow Treasure House Phoenix on a national level. Well done, everybody involved, and to uh, Kurt Warner and the Warner family. Character Counts, presented by Parker & Sons Cooling, Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical, is looking for their next student-athlete to win a $10,000 scholarship text character to 620-620 to nominate a student today. Coming up next, Charles Barkley talked about Kevin Durant, but there's a lot on Charles Barkley's mind when it comes to the NBA. We'll tell you what he had to say on another subject that's got people bothered about the league. It's Pickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Pickley and Murata Mornings. I don't think fans get mad if you're making 30, 40, 50 million dollars if you play basketball every night. But you can't make 30, 40, 50 million dollars and then sit out games. I think it's disrespectful to the game. I think it's disrespectful to the fans. Because like I say, these fans are paying their hard-earned money. And like I say, especially, you know what's going to be crazy? In this next TV negotiating deal, we don't have guys making 70, 80 million dollars a year. Yeah. And they're gonna be saying, wait a minute, you gonna make 70 million dollars and you can't play basketball three or four days a week with all the stuff. I mean, they fly private, they got the best medical stuff ever created. And I says, you can't disrespect the fans making 70, 80 million dollars and say, you know what? I can't play basketball four days a week. I mean, listen, it ain't like we should work it in a steel mill, brother. I mean, people working in a steel mill every day, I'm pretty sure they tired too. Yeah. But they go to work every day. That's Charles Barkley on uh, First Take yesterday on ESPN. A new First Take record, a minute six without Stephen A. Smith saying a word. Well, he said yeah a few times. Well, that doesn't count for Stephen A. Uh, Charles Barkley was uh, was on fire talking. He's, and he's actually mm-hmm. gone as far to say that the load management issue, the problem as he sees it, could lead to, you know, some some labor strife in, yeah. in the NBA. Yes, he did. With the next collective bargaining agreement. And he's not wrong. The salaries, when the next CBA roll around, I think Damian Lillard's going to be the first guy to hit the $60 million a year mark. <laughs> 
And I wonder how much of it. Look, I'll, I'll say my personal mm-hmm. thought on it. The I love the NBA. I think it's a, a wonderful sport to follow. Mm-hmm. But if you do follow it closely, you'll notice that very rarely do you get a matchup of fully constructed teams for one reason or another. Oh, Whether yeah. it's legitimate injuries oh, yeah. or injury management or just well, flat out rest. Well, and this is this is the thing about the NBA that I think drives some people in charge batty, and that is you cannot really pre-plan programming because you don't know who's playing. Mm-hmm. And it's it's granted there are injuries in the NFL, but for the most part you don't have this issue. So well, you can you can market big games and the problem is in the NBA, way too often people tune in to a marquee matchup and go, what? Joel, they're not even playing. Why? Oh, goodbye. Go back to last Friday. ESPN flexed Oklahoma City and Phoenix into prime time on a Friday night, a mm-hmm. game that wasn't on their schedule because they anticipated Kevin Durant's debut. Not only did they not get Kevin Durant, Shea Gilgis-Alexander sat out the second game of a back-to-back for Oklahoma City, so mm-hmm. instead they got the Isaiah Joe show. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. And so I think I think to me it's it's a really significant issue here because as the salaries do increase it it, it is going to create some problems seriously. And, and so, you know, I don't know, but but again, what how do you solve an issue when you know owners are not going to cut back on inventory? Do you expand is expanding the season the answer? I don't know. I don't know either, but I wonder also how much of it, and I'm not pinning this solely on Charles Barkley because a lot of fans feel this way, certainly Charles Barkley's colleagues and his generation of basketball feel this way, but how much of it is jealousy? How much of it is, we were the kings of the 90s. What if we were born 25 years later? We would have been just mopping up. Listen. We would have had private jets. We would have had nutritionists. We would have had 15 assistant coaches. I was telling you guys all that detail from that Joe Montana story, and it's right along these lines. It's it's when you were once the man, the men, and now suddenly a new generation has made you borderline irrelevant. And Charles Barkley's not that. Clearly, he's one of the the NBA's brightest stars still. But but I do think I I do think there's elements of that. Yeah, I think they look back and go, man, we had it hard because comparatively they did. Yes. they did have it hard. Then if you go have the chance to go back and talk to players who played in the 70s. I was going to say. <laughs> oh, look man. at those Barkley, Jordan guys had it so easy. <laughs> I was a teacher on the side. We had to take a bus to every game. <laughs> we had to play in Syracuse. We had to buy our own cigarettes Fort Wayne. Before the game. We walked to six games on a nine-game road trip. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Think of the generation of basketball players who had to wear gym shoes that didn't have ankle support, for goodness sakes. Or they were made of canvas. They were made of canvas. You could play basketball in the day and sail a boat at night in them. (laughs) They were. Look at this cute teal color. Yes. Uh, Charles Barkley also on first take yesterday talked about Adam Silver and what he has turned into as a commissioner, in Barkley's own opinion. What what happened is I think he kind of went overboard trying to take care of the players. He's like... But you guys don't want to do back-to-backs. We're going to kill most of the back-to-back. Now they get like a whole week for All-Star game. So he's trying to do everything possible to get these guys rest. I think Adam is going to have to say, yo, man, I don't know. And, and listen, and I don't know the right or wrong answer, Stephen A. Yeah. Because I heard Steve Kerr say go down in games. Pretty 72. nice of him to take money out of all these players' pockets. Hey, listen, 
Well, some of these lesser players who don't make all that money says, yeah, take uh, take 12 of my game checks. And I'm like, no, 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 I want them 82 games back quickly. <laughs> it's true, but the owners don't want to give up 82 games either. That's where they're in agreement. The players want the, the, the long schedule, even though it might be a drag for them in terms of workload and, mm-hmm. and, and load management and things like that, but the owners are not going to budge from 82 games. In fact, I, I could see that number going up. That would be a that would be tragic. Or are they adding that midseason tournament? That's or what that's what I think they're going to have to do. If, if I think they're going to have to find a way to lessen the amount of games, but supplement the income with big events, special events, and it also that also answers your All Star game problem. If they do that midseason tournament or whatever instead. Just name all-stars and not have any type of game. Yeah, it's like making the all-pro team, but then you have that as the event. I wouldn't have a problem with that. After what we saw with this year's all-star game, it has totally jumped the shark. It's a bit bad. <laughs> yeah, it was really bad. Again, but it's it's I I even felt I felt that going into the All Star weekend that this this year in the NBA there just isn't a lot of trying. I think one of the lessons from last year's Phoenix Suns is see, don't try, man. Don't waste your sweat. <laughs> don't don't bother, man. Not worth it. Not worth it. Trying can only lead to disappointment. You raise expect right, exactly. <laughs> it can only lead to disappointment. <laughs> Yeah, maybe uh, that should be your face tattoo, Vince. Maybe. Yeah. No, that's more. Don't that's try. got more neck written on. That's got neck. That does. <laughs> I feel like the famous I've, Homer Simpson quote: "The lesson is never try." <laughs> I feel like uh, it was already trending that way, but the bubble really reinforced that we only need to really try for two months in the playoffs. Just make sure we're healthy for that. Yeah. And since then, it's just felt like even more coasting through the Well, listen, the, the idea of staying healthy, this is easier said than done, okay? Because the, basketball is starting to get serious, and already guys are starting to go down. Yeah. And it's it, early, but already look, guys are going down. You laughed yesterday during the show. One of the crawls on the TVs was... Uh, is this what? What's next for the resurgent Lakers? Uh huh. And they were still in twelfth place. Uh huh. Um, and I actually had a, a conversation with a buddy of mine, and he texted me. He said, "I guess I was wrong. The Lakers might be for real." And I said, "They're due for an injury anytime yeah. now." And, and it just and happened. Enough, it happened. Right. I didn't think it would happen to yeah. LeBron. And I, heard, and, I thought but, it would happen in number three, but yeah. But again, the the, the uh, a good portion of the NBA is going to go from cruise coast mode mm-hmm. and uh, into. You know, playing like bats out of hell, and things are going to go pop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just hope it's not here. Just please. Yes. Like Jared said, just give them one swing of the bat health-wise. Yeah. That's all I ask. 20 games is not a long time. Not a lot. Uh, coming up next, Bick kicks off the second half of the show in style, the Bickley Blast. Fire. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.